My name is Joshua Harmon Sr. I'm a real estate investor and also a real estate agent with Keller Williams Platinum Realty in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, the purpose of this channel, uh, whether you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or whatever social platform you're watching this on, um, the purpose of this channel or purpose of this video is to teach people how to invest in apartment buildings. Um, most people think it's, you know, investing in apartment buildings are just for the rich and people who uh, were born with money, but that's not true. Um, with a certain sales, uh, skill set and a certain knowledge base, anybody can invest in apartment buildings. Does that mean that everybody will invest in apartment buildings? No, it will not. Um, not everybody is willing to put in the work um, to, to learn and then also implement the things that they're learning. So um, I'm going to be posting videos every Monday and Thursday um, so everybody can uh, expect videos on my Facebook page, um, YouTube, and Instagram every Monday and Thursday um, about um, apartment investing and just teaching you different strategies that I've learned from others and also that I've implemented myself. I own a eight unit, a four unit, and a duplex. So by no means do I know everything, but I read a lot and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books. So I have a lot of knowledge up here that I haven't implement, implemented myself yet, but I'm working towards it. And hopefully by watching my videos, you guys get a chance to follow along my journey and watch me scale my business exponentially as well as it comes to um, real estate investing in apartment building. So today we're gonna to talk about how to invest in small apartments. And the first question is, what is considered a small apartment? I know some investors that 100 units is too small for them. They have, if they're gonna come into a market, they need at least 150 to 200 units. But just talking the normal investor, a small apartment, in my opinion, is anything between two and 20 units. Um, so anything, anywhere between a duplex all the way up to a 20 unit complex. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on today and teach you how to invest in a small apartment building. Um, first and foremost, education. So before I ever bought a property, I probably read 40 to 50 books throughout high school. I maybe read five books. So 50 books for me was a huge deal. And now I probably read a book every two weeks. So, um, or a book a week. So that's really good. That That's something that's become normal for me now. But um, when I originally wanted to invest and I didn't have anybody to ask, there was nobody around me who really invested in apartment buildings. I had to learn from somebody else that I didn't know. So reading books was my first, um, my first step at that. Um, some books that I, I recommend um, about apartment um, investing, Richard Dad, Poor Dad, which isn't specifically geared towards apartment investors, but it teaches you a lot about wealth, um, money, um, just just the values you need, the core, the, the the base that you need to be an investor. Rich Dad Poor Dad has pretty much everything you need to know about that. When you want to get more specific and things you can actually implement, um, Crushing It in Apartments and Commercial Real Estate was a great book that I read. Um, talked a lot about specific um, case studies and things that the author did on his own. Um, and he, he, he did great and he taught me a lot in that book. And um, I still implement, I read that maybe two years ago and I still implement some of that, some of those things today. Um, it wasn't just fluff. It wasn't, you know, just the, you know, rich dad, poor dad can have some fluff in it because it's, it's just trying to build the values. But crushing it in apartments and commercial real estate talked a lot about actual things that you can implement. Um, another book that I read was How to Make Big Money in Small Apartments. Um, another very specific book talked a lot about strategies that you can implement, um, how to find properties, what do you do when you have the property, um, 
you know, just things you're going to run into as a manager and as a property owner. Um, so that was another great book as well. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other ones as well, but those are just a few that I recommend to start off with. Um, also podcast, which is free. If you have an iPhone, um, will bear profits is great. They talk about buying right, managing right and financing, right? Um, so teaching you how to finance properties, how to buy properties the right way, um, and how to manage them the right way as well. Great podcast. And they're not just for the large investors. It's pretty much for anybody can, can, can listen to that podcast and take some away. Um, the bigger pockets podcast, they also have the largest platform, um, for real estate investing. Um, they have a blog and different things online, but the podcast was great for me. That's actually what I started off with as far as listening to podcasts. Um, that may have been the first podcast I ever listened to, um, quite honestly, but it was a great, um, podcast as a beginner to learn a lot, um, about the basics of real estate investing. Um, when you want to get more technical and a lot more, um, you know, a lot more, you get more of a deep dive. I would listen to the apartment building, apartment building investing podcast by Michael Blanc. Um, he's based out of Virginia, Virginia, I believe. And, um, I also went to his, um, um, he had an event in Virginia as well that I went to and it was great. Um, but the podcast it's, it's free. It's an awesome tool. He, he gets, he talks to tax people, managers, investors, and, and, you know, it's great. I think that's something if somebody wanted to get, um, more detailed information, um, the apartment building investing podcast and wheelbarrow profit wheelbarrow profits are the two more detailed ones. Bigger pockets is more for beginners, but you have to have that base. Like you don't want to walk away and just go to, um, or you don't want to just advance, go to all the advanced stuff and forget about the base, um, that bigger pockets and rich dad, poor dad. So when you're beginning, I will start off with those two things. Number two, after you have the education, um, that you need to, to get enough confidence because that's what you're going to need. Education will give you confidence to actually go out to the market and actually talk to a property owner. Um, the way I found properties from the beginning and the way most people find properties, um, number one, through realtors. So I am a real estate agent in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I can help anybody buy properties across the state of Arkansas and I will be getting my Oklahoma license soon as well. Um, so I'll be able to help people in Oklahoma. Um, but realtors, um, as a buyer, you do not have to pay them a fee. The seller pays the fee. Um, now, depending on your buyer agency agreement, but um, on most cases, the, the the selling agent pays the fee. Um, so you get free advice. You get a, you basically get a free uh, foot soldier. You can go out in the, in the market, check the MLS, talk to owners and do different things. Um, so um, you don't have to do it on your own because if you have a full-time job, more times than not, you don't have the time or the expertise to just go out there and just find a property. You can leverage a realtor to go out there and do that work for you. The way I found my first eight unit property was off market. So what I did is I drove around town, it's called drive for dollars. Um, most real estate um, investors um, use that term. So driving for dollars, I drove around the entire Fort Smith, Arkansas, looking for properties that were distressed, but were in good areas that we can add value to. Um, I did not have the money. I did not know if I can get the financing, but I knew I had the hustle to go find a property. So what I did is I, caught, I um, took up my iPhone and I took down the address of every property that I thought was in a good area, but looked terrible. And um, cause I knew it would probably be a lower barrier to entry than a property that looked great in a great area. You may not be able to get those properties um, as a beginner. So I found a property. Um, if you're from Fort Smith, Arkansas, it's right near Northside High School. Um, and not too far from downtown Fort Smith. So kind of a, a area that most people may not invest in, but I thought it was great because it stood alone. It looked like it needed a lot of work. It wouldn't, it weren't very many cars out there. 
So what I did is with these maybe 10 or 20 properties that I found, I went on the tax records on um, I went to the county records and checked the name and the mailing address of every owner. And I typed up a quick letter basically saying that I want to buy your property as is. Uh, we can close in 30 days. I mean, that was the gist of what I said. I didn't have anything fancy. I signed it and I sent it to these owners. And I probably had five out of 20 people get back to me. Four of them said not right now. And one guy actually said yes. The eight unit property they ended up buying. Um, and I basically send a letter for 50 to 60 cent. I mean, that's really what it cost me. I basically got my first apartment, apartment complex. The barrier of entry um, was 69 cent because I didn't put any, I actually brought in a partner. So I didn't get the financing. I didn't bring the money. All I did was send the, the letter for, for 60 cent and I got an eight unit apartment in my first property. So um, there are great things that could come out of it. Is that gonna happen for everybody? No, but that is something I recommend everybody doing is being proactive, getting out in the market, um, by driving around and looking at different properties, you'll start to learn a lot about the area um, that you're in, the rental market, because a lot of people who live in cities don't look at properties through the lens of an investor. You look at it as, look at it as a consumer. So you really don't know, um, you know, market rents. You don't know, um, you know, cues to look for of, you know, how, how you can add value to a property. Most um, consumers, consumers or renters are just looking, hey, it's nice, it's got a pool, it's got a clubhouse, it's great. But investors may not look at it as a great property because they may not be able to get the return they're looking for. As an investor, most of the time we're looking for a value add opportunity. So we're looking for that property that um, may not look as great, may not have as many cars out there. So we can add that value and um, you know reap the benefits on the back end. So um, by driving for dollars, doing some off-market um, marketing, sending some letters and different things like that. I think that'd be great for anybody to do um, as well as find a realtor. Third, number three, um, relationships. So whether you're going to a local meetup, whether you, you know, somebody at your church, um, somebody you went to school with, relationships mean, I mean, that's everything in real estate investing because no one can do it on their own. Um, there is not one property in, uh, owner in America who does everything on their own. They don't do the management the repairs and maintenance, the finance, and you have to have relations with people. Um, and by having relationships, you may get the heads up on a property that's coming to market soon um, that no one knows about. So um, relationships mean a lot. So relationships, off-market marketing and realtors are the best ways to find properties. Um, another thing to why you're looking for a property. So once you find that property and you're um, in conversations with the owner, Four terms that I would, or is it three? Yeah, three terms Three terms that I would ask for is one, a financing contingency, business entity approval, um, and satisfactory inspection. And oh, it is four, and due diligence. So financing contingency basically says if I don't get financing that I can get out of this contract. Um, business entity or business partner approval basically means if my partner doesn't um, think that this is a property we should invest in, I get out of the contract. Um, three, satisfactory inspection. So that means that um, when you do your property inspection, let's just say all the plumbing is terrible, it's gonna cost you $50,000 to repair, repair this 10 unit, um, 10 units plumbing. I, depending on the price, you may have to walk away from that deal because you may not, that may take all of your, um, you know, your proceeds to be able to fix this property up, whether it's coming from the bank or out of your pocket or your partner's pocket, uh, you may have to walk away from that deal. And if you don't have that satisfactory inspection, um, contingency you may not be able to get out of or you may lose your earnest money 
um, and then due diligence period. So a due diligence period um, basically gives you a typical due diligence period is about 30 days, but I've seen people get 90 day due diligence periods depending on the size of the property. Um, and basically that gives you, just gives you time to, you know, look at leases and, you know, look at property managers, talk to accountants, just do everything needed to get this property closed. Um, and, and that's, those are four contingencies that I would ask for while I'm looking for a property. And if I can't get those specific terms, um, a lot of times, you know, depending on what market, if you're in a Dallas or, um, a, one of the Florida markets, you may not be able to get those terms, but if you're in Arkansas, you may be able to ask for all four of those and get it. Cause we're not as in a, not as a competitive, a competitive as a market as Austin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Miami, or Tampa or something like that. Um, number three of how to find or how to invest in small apartments is find the financing. And some people may say, well, we haven't talked about the money yet, but I think finding the financing is maybe a little bit more important than finding the money just yet. Because a lot of times we're looking for value-add opportunities and a lot of times you may not need any money to, to buy these deals or not very much. I think finding the financing um, lines yourself up and aligns yourself with the bank, finding a bank that aligns you with your interests and your goals. I think that that puts you in a perfect position to be able to ask somebody for the money, say, look, I found the property, I found the deal. I mean, I found the deal, I found the financing, I just need, I need 10 grand to close on this deal. Um, and they're, the bank is gonna finance, gonna finance the um, construction cost. I mean, that, that, that looks better than you coming to uh, an investor and say, hey, look, I found a deal, I don't have financing, just, you know, I need you to partner with me. They may not be um, as willing to do that just because, you know, you don't have all your, um, you don't have everything aligned already. So finding the financing, um, I recommend on small apartments going to local banks or credit unions, um, just because they are, they'll give you better loan terms than maybe a, um, a national bank like Arvis, Wells Fargo's, uh, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Wachovia, those type of banks, those are national banks. So they don't have the kind of terms that a local bank can give you, like 20 year amortization, which allows your mortgage to be lower um, and allows you to cash flow a little bit better. Um, and also those national banks, they may not give you the interest rate that you want to have, that you want to get as well. And those fluctuate depending on what's going on in the market. So, um, you know, you have to look out for that. And I think local banks and credit unions, um, you're allowed, you're, you, you align a little bit better with them rather than a national bank. And when you start getting into to properties over 50 units or at least a million dollar balance, then you need to start talking to some of the agencies, um, Freddie and Fannie, um, and they'll give you the terms. They'll give you 30-year amortization, which you can cash flow crazy. You can start looking at interest-only loans, which you don't pay any principal interest um, during those interest-only periods. But when we're talking about small um, small apartments, I would recommend going to a local bank or a credit union. Even if you find a, a, a local bank that you align with, maybe you've been going to this credit union for 15 years. You've, been, you have had, you've had a savings and a checking account with them. They're going to give you great terms, but they may not give you everything on the front end on their first offer. You may need to shop a few lenders um, that you don't have relationships with. So go to that first bank that you have a relationship with, that local bank you have a relationship with. But once you get that, that loan offer, you want to shop that around to different banks. Because once they see the offer, um, those other banks see that offer um, that you have on the table from your bank, they may offer you something better. Or if you if they offer you something better, even if they don't, you could take that back to your bank. Say, hey, look, they may not be offering me the terms I'm looking for, um, but I'm looking to do something else with them. And they may um, they promise to give me better terms of the future. Can you do a little bit better on the interest or better on the terms? 
Um, I know you're saying you're going to do 15 year amortization, but they said they could do 20. Can you give me 20 year amortization so I can cash flow a little bit better? And that's just how you shop it. They, they won't get offended or anything like that because that's just business. Um, at the end of the day, they understand it's business and um, they have to work for the business. I don't think they'd be offended at all. And in the past, I've had, I haven't had lenders that have been upset with me for shopping rates and asking for a better rate based on what somebody else gave me. Um, so that is the, that's what I would do when you're looking for financing. The fourth thing is find the money. First and foremost, when you're looking for money um, to invest in your deal, the lender's already told you how much money you need to bring to the table, or two, they've told you you can't get financing. So in this case, it's either find the money slash find a partner. So I'll just say find a partner on this one, not find the money. The number one thing about finding a partner is relationships. So um, my first deal, my eight unit, like I told you guys before, um, I found the deal, got it under contract. I knew I couldn't qualify for the financing. I did not have the money, but I, I was completely, um, completely transparent with the seller. I told him, hey, look, I don't have the money to close this deal, but I'm gonna bring in a partner. Um, will you give me time to go find a partner? He said, yes, if you give me a $500 earnest money deposit. Uh, so I gave him the $500 earnest money deposit and I looked on bigger pockets, found a partner um, in 2017 that I still invest with today in 2019. And we've actually just closed on another property together, a duplex um, that we're gonna add value to um, as well since we did so well in the eight unit. Um, but the relationships, you wanna, you wanna align yourself with people who have the same interests as you um, maybe it's somebody who wants to invest in apartments, but they live in a smaller town and they can't, they don't have the market knowledge to get into your market and, um, you know, buy properties. So they need you because you have a deal or they need you because you have the financing in place already. Um, and you have the deal, you have the whole infrastructure set up and all they need to do is bring in the money that may be attractive to some people. Um, but typically, yes, that is the way you want to do it. You want to have the financing, you want to have the deal. Otherwise, why do they need you? They, they may just pay you a fee and tell you to go away. We'll take the deal over from here. Um, but if you have the financing and the deal, they'll want to just align themselves with you because you have the infrastructure set up and they may just want to invest with you. But I was pretty bold. And if anyone knows me, I love to sell people on things and I, um, I love apartments. So I, I talked very educated. I spoke very educated. Um, and we were able to align ourselves and buy this property together. And it was all through a relationship. We met a few times for lunch, um, met for coffee, even though I don't drink coffee, I still went out there to the coffee shop with them and we met at the property. So we met, probably met four times before we decided to actually invest with me. And after we built that relationship, I know we'll do more deals together. Um, so you guys have to build relationships with people, align with people who also have the same interests as you. Even if they don't have the same interest, you know they have the money um, and they need to invest that money. Hey, look, you know, we've, we've known each other for a long time and I have this deal that I'd like to, to show you and see if you'd be interested in investing with me. Um, these are the returns I'm projecting. You need to be educated. And that was the, the, the number one thing I talked about was education. Um, you have to be educated on your market, the asset class, um, you know, the team members you need to have in place in order to run this deal efficiently and get your, the person um, your partner, the returns that they're looking for um, and that you're promising them. So relationships mean everything. Or number two, you could just use your own money. So find the money or find the partner. You could just use your own money. Um, but the more the more partners you bring on, the more properties you can buy because um, you can scale and you can expand yourself. So if you have a partner, let's just say you have 10 or 15 grand and you use them, uh, use a partner to buy a deal, you can now use that 10,000 somewhere else and buy another property. 
So, um, yeah, so using your own money is, is probably not the best way to scale, um, but that is one tried and true way um, to, to get into small apartments. So either way, through a relationship and a partner, partner or you just bring the money on your own, either way, um, that's how you would find the money uh, for a small apartment. Um, the number five thing you need to do is due diligence. And this may be the most important part because um, up to this point, you probably haven't toured the property. You probably haven't looked through all the leases. You probably haven't looked through the, the owner's tax returns for the entity they use to buy, um, buy the property. Um, you probably haven't had a property manager walk through the property with you, an inspector to walk through the property with you, a um, construction manager to walk through the property with you. So these are all things you need to do to, um, through due diligence. And this is why I can take anywhere between 30 and 90 days um, to get this complete. Um, until you're savvy enough, everyone doesn't use an actual property inspector, but until you're savvy enough to walk through a property and know that the cabinets need to be replaced, know you need to look at the, um, know how to look at um, fuse boxes, know how to look at, you know, plumbing, know how to look at roofs. Until you know how to do all those things and you feel comfortable, um, and I mean, it's just so, you, you need to hire an inspector because you will lose money. Because if you buy a deal um, projecting that you're only going to need $50,000 to renovate this, um, eight unit apartment and bump rips $100 per unit, but then you get there, the roof's leaking, um, you, you, they got, you know, they got old plumbing or they got knob and tube electric or whatever, um, yeah, it's gonna cost you money and you're gonna, lo you're gonna lose money on this deal. I mean, you just are, because, you know, depending on what comes up in that, you know, after close, you may not be able to sustain or cash flow enough, you may have to get the property back to, to the bank. Um, so due diligence is, is so important. And until you're, you're, you're savvy enough to see all those things and know what to look for at an apartment building, um, for example, I mean, a property built before 70, was a 73, may have lead-based paint. Um, it may have asbestos or it may have, um, you know, it, it could have anything. So you need to have an inspector um, or a trusted advisor come with you until you're savvy enough to uh, walk through the property or your own. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm savvy enough to do it after walking through so many properties after over the course of the past two years. Um, but I will tell you, two years ago, I had no clue what to look for. I had no clue what construction costs would be, and I wasn't able to make an offer until I had all the construction manager, property manager, another partner, all these people walk through a property with me. But I could do it 